0: Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. I am your host, and we're going going to be playing Bent Migen's music for you to introduce the show, so take it away. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother
1: And you're not crazy
0: anymore You've been waiting at the door And it's time to open Okay, the door is opening. I can hear it right now. You're listening to Waking Up in America's Our American Cafe Dynamic Radio Dialogues on Life Today in America. And we want to thank our sponsors, Emergency Management Solutions, also known as EMS Global One, Sir Jason T, Protandin, Tad Patterson, he is You Have the Right, and uh, Jim and El Pinto, and we just, you know, we love that ProTandon stuff. I'm really happy to be here with you this morning, along with Randy Shannon and also a friend of mine, Sherry Vincent, and we decided to um, give you some of the secret gossip that's going on in America today, the hearsay stuff. Uh, We've been talking about the DINAR for years, we've been talking about governmental change, we've been talking about the San Germain Trust from time to time, all of this stuff is Fascinating, along with prosperity packages, whether you're aware of it or not, there have been thousands, literally hundreds of thousands of people looking at Dinar sitting on conference calls and um, My friend Ariane David actually told me back about the dinar back in i 'm going to say maybe two thousand and five, I think for the first time she and her her partner um, Leonard had been into it for a number of years, and they were into it as an investment because you could buy the dinar for .0085 of a cent, okay? That hasn't changed that much over the years, but before that dinar was devalued, that same .0085 of a cent was $3.22 until George Bush Sr. um, decided to set up a game, and the game that he set up was crush Iraq, devalue their money, and then later come and scoop it up for enormous profits. So you can imagine why people jumped into the dinar. And um, I think that whole thing was supposed to take a year, two years, three years, something like that. Well, from two, that was 1992. I guess it was supposed to happen in the 90s. There's been a lot of stories that have gone on since then, but basically we've been sitting here, many of us who were in Utah on September of 2000 not September, excuse me, November uh, 14th of 2010, we were told that we could expect a Christmas present, which would probably be the dinar coming in. Let's say it's worth a dollar. So if you had spent like $35 on a 25,000 dinar note, you could be expecting probably to get about twenty-five, thirty thousand 30000 at the low end of the scale. Well, it's a good investment. You can still pull it off. You know, you can still buy those on eBay, and the promise goes on. So here we are, it's 2013, and it looks like the thing actually might happen soon. Anyway, most of us that got involved in that and were hoping to get rich overnight, <laughs> we didn't. We listened to a lot of calls, and uh, I think there's, I think the dinar will still revalue. Um, I, I think you could do that actually quite soon, but... Um, Randy and I were talking and I was talking with some of my other friends and I was saying, you know, we've heard this story for so long that everything we've heard has actually been hearsay. Well, there's been truth to the hearsay. And one of the things that I I was thinking about when I was talking to some of my friends was when you watch Indiana Jones, you always see that he gets into the cavern and then he puts the right key in and he does the thing and then the clocks start turning and all that cool stuff starts to happen and then the secret cave is revealed that has, you know, millions of dollars' worth of gold, silver, uh, artifacts, all kinds of stuff in it, and then everybody's busy killing each other for it, which is a really good analogy here. The entire government of governments of the world are supposed to revalue, and many of you know the back of December 21st of 2012 was supposed to be the end of the world, and we say that it was supposed to be the end of the dark side, the Darth Vader world. So I believe, and I, I can feel it, actually. I can feel that things are getting better. It's like the energy of the world is improving. And the pieces of the clock, I can hear them starting to turn as the pieces turn. That thing that we've been waiting for so long isn't just about dinar. It isn't just about the Mayan calendar. It's about the frequency of planet Earth and perhaps included in here to be shown more obviously in a while would be also the our relationships with our galactic neighbors. If you want to find out more about that, you should check out Sheldon Nidle, who's actually been on the show, and so is his dear wife, Colleen. And uh, they're part of the Galactic Federation, and they have some very interesting stories to talk about that. And you also might want to check out the crop circles, because no matter how much they try to write them off, um, Uh, Suzanne, uh, a friend of mine, um, a number of my friends have been into the crop circles, have actually gone to England and visited them. So check out the crop circles. They're getting more and more intricate. Some of them have been shown up in this country. Um, They show up with incredible mathematical patterns, and there are people that have claimed that they have created false ones, which I'm sure is true. When you take a look at them and these things show up in like less than 10 minutes sometimes, and you see the intricacy of them, you know they're not false. And Suzanne would tell you that, too. I'll see if I can get her on the show. So check out Crop Circles. Google that. Google Galactic Federation. Google Sheldon Nidal. Um There's just been all kinds of conversations about whether Barack Obama was a legitimate president. You know, according to the Constitution, all those rules actually fit. Um, if a person was elected the president of the United States of America. But for a while now, our presidents haven't been elected presidents of the United States of America. They've been elected presidents of the Corporation of the United States of America. And that makes a huge difference, which is why they can get away with all kinds of poopo poo doo-doo and um, pull you in on that conversation, and then everybody thinks they're actually voting for somebody. And I don't know, Randy, do you remember last year when one of the news stations actually published the goals, the, the results of the election, and the election was two weeks away. Do you remember that story?
2: Yeah, I actually did see the uh, the screenshot of it, and of course they had already had Obama as the winner. Yeah, that was
0: a, that was before the election. So this whole thing, I mean, this is more elegance than smoke and mirrors, actually. <coughs> this has got to be, I don't know, we probably should have called this show The Biggest Con. It's got to be the biggest con, and it's been going on. I don't know who our last real president was. Do do you,
2: Randy? Do you have any idea? Um, Andrew Jackson, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure it's that (laughs)
0: bad, okay? They didn't have computers in the 1800s, so they couldn't screw around with it like they can now.
2: When did computers come into? Yeah, I don't know, but I would say we were going really far back. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can tell from JFK's speech that he was very aware of all of this. If anybody goes back and just listens to, I don't know what they titled it, but his most famous speech where he talks about the factions behind the scenes, Uh, Mm -hmm. he obviously Mm -hmm. knew, and he died shortly after.
0: Right. Oh, you mean he was Mm -hmm. murdered shortly after, he didn't just die. Yeah, yeah. Is it really important to know that, um, if the corporate presidents don't behave themselves, is it just Cleveland Club or something like that? Anyway, if the corporate presidents don't behave themselves, things are done. Uh, there, I've even seen the celebration parties in Dallas, um, of which Lyndon Johnson was a part of celebrating Kennedy's passing, like they had pulled it off. So I know backers, I think probably, I would have to say JFK would be the last Real person that had any courage and would stand up and say anything. Well, that was whether... the thing.
2: After they murdered him, we had a cowardice that went across this country like no other, and we didn't have politicians that were willing to stand for quite some time.
0: Well, have you heard the rumor, Randy, um, that that there's only like a few people left in Congress?
2: I have heard that rumor.
0: What What have you heard?
2: Uh, what I heard. Is that just about all of them have been arrested in the very uh, recent last couple of weeks, and that uh, they were told that they absolutely had to follow the Constitution or be behind bars for treason, some, something to that effect. And um, there's like 74 or 77 of them. Yeah, 77 that,
0: was the number I heard.
2: Okay, that uh, will not follow it. So. My question is, why aren't they behind bars already,
0: Then, I know. Maybe they are. That could be. We don't know for sure. That's part of why we're talking to Colin this year, saying stuff. Because what we're doing is we're hearing things from all different kinds of directions. And the other night (laughs) I was sitting at home, Randy, my feet up on the table when the telephone uh, dialed it up and it said, Sherry Vincent on it. And I went, oh, this ought to be fun. Because (laughs) Sherry's just the hot (laughs) potato. I love this
1: woman.
0: (laughs) So I picked it up and Sherry and I said hello, and she was informing me of some stuff. And I, I know that you've heard of the 77. Oh, by the way, they called it a catch and release, folks. What they did was they took them in, read them the riot act, and then they released them. And then if you didn't agree, you know, to the following the Constitution, then there were supposed to be following repercussions. And I was kind of hoping to see some of them hung upside down by their toes. Um, but I haven't seen that yet. Uh, right. So I want some kind of toe-hanging to occur here for this, because Mm -hmm. the criminality of all of this is just incredibly significant. So, Sherry, what related to what Randy and I were just talking about, what would you like to jump in and put on the table here?
1: Well, I had just read a very important piece of information right before I called you, and this information um, is that um, Mr. Obama is about to be replaced. Um, by a new interim president, and also there will be a new uh, interim vice president. And the new interim president is going to be uh, Mr. Boehner, and he has chosen Ron Paul as his interim vice president. And as of this Monday, after 120 days, there's going to be a new election for a president and a vice president. So I thought that was very interesting. And did you they know, say wh- why it, he had
0: been removed? Was there any information on that?
1: Um, why? Why? Who? Mr. Why Obama.
0: Obama and Biden would no longer be in that position. Was there any comment on that?
1: Um, that they they were basically put into place to bring about the transition. In the government that is happening.
0: So they're the, they're good guys?
1: Um, well, I don't know if you could say that or not. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I uh, am aware of is that they were basically put into place and that um, Obama was scared to death when he accidentally got elected. He had mm-hmm. no idea that... He had no idea that he would ever be elected. He just got in to, to raise his um, uh, visibility. I guess, yeah, visibility in the Senate. And he was not planning on becoming the president. The first time? time. Or the very second time? In, very interesting. Then so why was that there was, so much what, of cheating was, going
0: on, do you think? Because there was a lot of cheating going on.
1: Oh yeah, there is most definitely a lot, and I think that has to do with just just the desire to become powerful and wealthy.
2: Well, I, I will say in in October I received a phone call, which I, I won't reveal who, but I received a phone call that uh, in the Republic that there wouldn't be an election, but uh, quite possibly as early as December. Now I got this phone call in October and uh they said that this this announcement that you're talking about now and the information that we all have <clears throat> was going to be possibly revealed in December but the, the part that's um uh, so interesting that it's the same is that i was told also that there would be an election after the first of the year that the whole world would recognize and i my question was is wow well how, uh, if if uh, Obama gets in, how will he take that? Yep, and yep. Uh, the the answer back was, uh, he won't have a choice. Exactly. Huh. And here, then, this has started to come out in the news, and, and we're talking about it today, which is almost surreal to me, because I didn't know if I should believe that phone call that I received back then or not.
0: Well, I guess why I call it hearsay, because we're just we're here we want to give you a heads up on what could be happening what could be happening we've all been told so much doggy boo boo for so long that we don't know all of what is true or not but we do know that some of the tr- things are true and we do know that some of the themes continue to come up and we do know that things are changing just like uh, there's we we get so manipulated uh, just like right now i believe we're being manipulated by sandy hook and as i look at um different things on the internet they don't make sense. They interv- The same people are interviewed, and there's two entirely different stories about what happened that day. There's something yeah. screwy about that, too. So I'm, I'm, for any parent that lost a child, please, I would... No way. I can't even stand the thought of it, okay? But I, I think we've been pawns. Yeah. <clears throat> and with that, I'm very concerned, and I don't even know where to start with that. Do you have any ideas on that? Well,
2: I have one thought... Um... You don't don a suit and put on full-fledged makeup a day after. You just don't. You want to tear your flesh off. You don't go looking all good so you can do a photo op with the president. It's just not not even reality. And nobody can tell me, well, everybody grieves different. No, you don't go and do photos with the president one or two days later. You don't go on TV with full-fledged makeup and not shed a tear. I don't believe the story one bit. I don't you don't think any community. of it's real? No. What's that? You don't think any of it's real? No, I think it was a drill. I know for a fact that Homeland Security pays money to cities for their defenses if they will do terroristic drills, and it's in. If you just go on Homeland Security's website, you can actually see that. They don't. They don't show how much, but they were going to do one of these at a school in the state of Iowa, and. Uh, the print. I won't have the characters right, but the information's out there. Something like the principal knew about it, and a father who works for the fire department called him and said, you can't do this. And they called it off, and it actually hit Fox huh. that they were going to do this. And so the story was actually in black and white uh, and on Fox's webpage, and this was back only a few years ago. So they were going huh. to be in a rural school in Iowa, and it got called off.
0: Well, we know nine eleven wasn't real. I mean, they took down Building Seven, and nothing ever hit it. We know that yeah. money was stolen from under that. We know that no plane hit the Pentagon. I, I just the idea. Um, you know, Ed Asner has been a real friend to Waking Up in America. Right now, he's doing a play back in uh, New York. I'll have to see if I can get a hold of him and check out what's going on. But he was the one, along with Lynn Pence and a few other people, that started investigating the um, 9-11 stories. And I was just totally horrified. I saw the footage of the planes, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they had footage of the planes, and the planes that hit the Twin Towers, they had little, um, I don't know, kind of like little pregnant underbellies, the planes. Well, none of the planes that took off from the airport had those little pregnant underbellies. So they think that those people were flown into, that there weren't even people in the planes that flew into the Twin Towers. They think they were radio-controlled. Yeah. So you can actually look at that footage. If you take a look at it, see the part where you see the underside of the plane, the um, passenger planes don't have that. And so the planes were painted. And then my thought is, what did they do with those people? Did they murder them? Because I lost two friends on that thing. Well, I don't know what happened to my friends. You know, I haven't heard of. A they friend. could be.
2: They could be at the bottom of the ocean, which would be a sad thing. But obviously, they had to make those people disappear. And they could be part of all this actor thing. Maybe they're getting a big paycheck. I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not one woman in particular. And i another friend of mine. Her daughter, who was in in her teens, was one of them. I don't think she's getting a big paycheck. I. I think something bad happened to them. The point is, they're called Black Flag Operations. So here we are, you know, uh, dinars. Dinar was a political arrangement, a political financial arrangement by George Bush Sr. It's a nasty form of what I call bumping ladies. Bumping is what they do in the stock market where they drive a stock up and then they sell it when it's its peak. They do it for Mm -hmm. profit. They did it with the real estate market. Anybody that's struggling or squirming with the real estate market. Um, that was an instance of bumping. There were times when they were selling houses here in California where they actually... You had to get into a lottery to even get a chance to buy the darn house. And they were selling for like half a million over market and stuff. And then the next thing you know, the same people that, quote, won the lottery were now losing their homes. Yeah. So yeah. We, we play a lot of nasty games here. I haven't actually... I voted for Barack Obama and and I went to Washington, D.C. to get him elected and I loved the feeling of the people and then after that I just felt totally disillusioned by the whole political system and that's how I actually ended up um, getting involved in the republic because getting involved in, if I say getting involved in the republic, dear listener, what that means is we were born into a republic. Now we, uh, Randy and I, worked inside the republic for the United States of America, but what I w- really want you to understand is where we live in this country is structured as a republic, and it is time for us to get our houses, our house back in order and strip off all the crap that's been laid over the values of a republic. Democracy, as C.W. would tell you if he was here, democracy is where um, a bunch of wolves get together and vote whether or not they get to have the sheep for dinner and uh, always made me laugh that. But we're the sheep, and in a democracy, the majority rules, and if the majority, and the apparent, I'm going to say the apparent majority rules, and if the apparent majority says we're having sheep for dinner, guess what? You get to be the main service at dinner. And that's (laughs) been going on, I'm pretty sure, since, I'm going to say John F. Kennedy. Now, Sherry, what do you know about the prosperity packages and the, Farm Aid and um, the St. Germain Trust and things of that nature?
1: Well, I've heard about these for quite some time, probably about four years now, three, four years. Um, I had a friend call me uh, two nights ago. Um, She had applied for um, the grant through the St. Germain organization. She just received a phone call from a gentleman that was uh, in the process of confirming information of persist- participants in the St. Germain uh, prosperity packages and grants. She was called and had her all of her information confirmed, her email address, her personal information and everything, because he is getting um, all of these to be correct so that he can get these packages delivered to these people. And that is starting right now, and it is to be completed by March.
0: Great. So what what this means to people that have no idea what we're talking about, um, I'm just actually Googling San Germain Trust and see what I can... G-E-R-M-A, San Germain AI and San Germain trust let's see what it says here in Google this morning oh so there's a there's even a San Germain trust application so you may want to check that out um, there's San Germain, and by the way ordinary human beings get to do this the San Germain trust here it comes let's see changes on in, in the horizon San Germain world trust important um, they say they want revolutionizing awareness. San Germain Trust deadline is Sunday. Oh, it's too late. Deadline is Sunday, 11, 11 12. Don't worry. If you've got friends, um, the trusts are big, and there will be a lot of people helping a lot of people, okay? Um, San Germain Trust taking applications. It's more like for the history of it. San Germain lived about, what was it, Sherry, about three, four hundred years ago? Yes. Do you know anything yes. about that? Yes. Do you know
1: um, anything I about don't, him? I don't know a lot about it. I know that there is uh, books on St. Germain, um, which I have not read, but I do know that there is money that has been put away and kept for many, many, many years that was supposed to have been released to the American citizens.
0: We're talking so, probably three or four hundred, it's not just American citizens, it's, this trust is, I think it's over four hundred years old. And oh, it is has it? to, Yeah, it's a very old, that's why I was looking, I'm going to do history, and see if I can find that.
2: I was thinking it was even older, but. It may be, but I yeah. believe
0: it's at least, I believe it's at least four hundred years old. And it's it's. It's gold. Is it just gold? You know,
1: or I don't know. I don't think it's just gold.
0: We're gonna find out right now. I have my dangerous little iPad here. <laughs>
1: Isn't that a handy dandy tool?
0: It, it certainly is. Okay, trust you. This is. We're about to get it, folks. See whether or not you could You can tell. What we do is we ride the moment. <laughs> Okay, here he is in Wikipedia. Okay, what does Wikipedia have to say? San Germain is a legendary spiritual master of the ancient wisdom of the theosophical and post-theosophical teachings of C.W. Ledbetter, blah, blah. Alice Bailey, oh, Alice Bailey was a trip. Benjamin Cram, um, the White Eagle Lodge, a whole bunch of good stuff. Here's, let's see what the legend of San Germain is. Oh, come on. Where's legend? Here we go. Saint-Germain, as one of the masters of ancient wisdom, is credited with near-godlike powers and with longevity. It is believed that Sir... Oh, interesting. It is believed that Sir Francis Bacon faked his own death on Easter Sunday, 9th of April, 1626, attended his own funeral and made his way from England to Transylvania where he found lodging in a castle owned by the Rakotsky family. There, on the 1st of May of 1684, Bacon, by using alchemy, became an immortal occult master (laughs) and adopted the name Saint-Germain and became one of the masters of ancient um, wisdom. Well, that's an interesting thought, don't you say? So anyway, according to Wikipedia, uh, these trusts date back at least as far as Sir Francis Bacon, I didn't realize that I'd never heard the part where Bacon was um, Saint Germain. The point being is that that trust is then over four hundred and something years old, and that's about when it dates back to. So check it all out. Have fun. Uh, know that the world and uh, the world that we live in and the consciousness in which we abide is way bigger than the, the tragedies and the baloney that are reported on the news. Uh, we were talking before the show. When I said People Magazine, Randy, what did you think?
2: Um. Well, just all of the uh, just the gossip and things that the celebrities are up to, you know. Well, people,
0: yeah, People Magazine actually used to be a magazine.
2: <laughs> Yeah. It
0: actually used to I remembered. It was like I, I was the last time I picked it up, but you know how you go get your nails done or something like that? I read the fan mags when I do that.
2: Mm-hmm. To find out
0: what's going on in the entertainment world. I look at People magazine and I went, What is this? Because it used to have interesting stuff in it. The The closest thing it had to being a fan magazine would be that it's deaths and passings and things like that. It would list the people who had lived and died in the world. And it had (laughs) stories, interesting stories on people all over the world. Now it's turned into a fan rag. Why? Because they think you like that. You know, I I give you more credit than that. You may be amused by it, and I, from time to time, am amused by it myself. But if you remove intelligent information and literature from me, and I buy it, then I actually become, sadly, I become the People magazine that's current. I become about a quarter of an inch deep, finding out whether Brittany is going to be doing this or that or the other thing. A lot of the intelligent magazines have disappeared or been reduced, and part of that has to do with what's happened to our educational system. Uh, Sherry, did you ever see that report that came out about what you had to do to pass the 8th grade
1: in the 1860s? No. I
2: don't.
0: <laughs> Did you ever see it, Randy? Or do you know what no, I'm talking about?
2: you probably, you had to be within distance of a school for sure, but uh, that's, uh, no, it was uh, intense.
0: I, I, I took the test, I failed. Mm-hmm. This was for the 8th grade and I have, Wow. <laughs> I have two master's degrees <laughs> and I have, um, I, I have, I'm an honorary doctorate, I have, i have been to school, and I studied, and I failed the darn thing. This was the eighth oh grade God. test for the 1860s. It had math and calculus and just in literature. I mean, these people by candles were reading more. Um, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we were actually very well educated in the 1800s. We like to think that we advanced, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm we not have not. Sure. We got faster. We got more superficial.
1: I don't know. Well, we I, very, I'd like to yeah. I'd like to say something, uh, just a moment, Val is I just read something which was very interesting that back in the nineteen sixties that the curriculum it started in the fifties, but the curriculum in the schools has been changed to dumb down um the education system in this country so that the powers that be can stay in control. Yeah, and that's and they, also why they put
0: and, McDonald's in, too, Sherry.
1: Yes, that is also part of it, absolutely. The junk food, yes, has contributed to a large portion of it. Where did um, you go to school? I went to school in Tennessee. And what did they um, have for snack
0: time in your school? What, what did you buy um, out of the machines when you were in school?
1: We had no machines. Yeah, we didn't have them. We had a hot lunch every day.
0: Right. And we was, had hot lunch, but we had machines. It, you know what was in the machines? And this is all that was in the machines. Peanuts, it, apples, and oranges.
1: Uh, oh. Well, we didn't have machines. We had no snacks. We only had our hot lunch at school. And we did not have Cokes, and we didn't have candy bars. We had no chips. We had none of that stuff. It was all homemade, uh, fresh food that we were eating. We had cafeteria workers that we there every day, and we knew all of them from the time we started the school in first grade. And they stayed in that same school as I did until I graduated 12th grade there.
2: And the ladies were so sweet with their hair hairnets. Yes. <laughs> Always and giving you a little extra if you just smiled at them.
1: <laughs> and they knew they knew each one of us by our first name. hmm It was a wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: I mean, And you couldn't buy a big gulp for a dollar and get it refilled seven times.
2: No, not no. at all. And now the schools mm-hmm. are starting to implement new programs where because the kids are so obese that, you yeah. know, they're actually hiring new people to figure out how to not uh, have them be obese. How about just let's just, well, remove they might the just
0: machines. give them athletics mm-hmm. and music back again and stuff like that. Art. Yeah. Part yeah. of what happened in the schools guys is that they removed art, music, and physical education. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, the things that would actually advance, the art would be the highest level of consciousness and appreciation of fine art and music. That yeah. would actually educate somebody. Those things have been removed from many of the schools. They're considered um, not so important.
2: hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, well as a parent, community. I removed one of my first kids because he was in a, because uh, I've homeschooled my kids most of their years. And uh, he, I removed him because he was in a classroom with zero windows, and the only recess he got is if he finished his lunch fast enough, he would have whatever time left over. And that was it. There was no other breaks, no PE, nothing.
0: Wow. Well, and I said I can do better
2: than this, than send my kid to this dungeon. So, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely.
0: Well, we're going to take a, a break right now. You're listening to Waking Up in America's Our American Cafe. I'm Dr. Val Kirkard. I'm on the air today with Randy Shannon and Sherry Vincent, and we aren't giving you, finished giving you the hearsay yet, we do need to honor our sponsors and say thanks, guys, for making this radio show possible. Right now, as I've been going through the show, perhaps you've heard me slurping a little bit from time to time. That's because I'm actually drinking my Sir Jason Winter tea, which I do on a regular basis. I got a lot of it, actually, um, even in the bulk form, and I like the chaparral. So this is good tea, and it strengthens the immune system. And let's just say that you don't have to say that something cures something. You can say that when you keep your body in a certain condition, other things that damage your body, they don't exist because your body's immune system can fight them off. And that's all the way from things that have the C in front of them and so on and so forth. We have to be so careful because the FDA doesn't really want you to know what could help you, especially when you have to figure out whether you should pick something natural, like Sir Jason Winter's tea, or some kind of chemical byproduct that actually does some damage to you in the long term. You may get short-term results, but you get some long-term damage. You've got to be really careful about what you're putting in your body. Uh, the things that we talk about here, they're all good for your body. My friend Jim, he's, he and his brother, they make El Pinto salsa, which you can find at the Ralph's. And this is good stuff. I use it on salads. I um, also use it on potatoes and different things of that nature. And sometimes I just plain use it as salsa. So um, John and Jim, <laughs> you've got great salsa here buddy. Uh, buddies. They're actually twins, those two. Tad Patterson, uh, he makes sure that uh, that you have classes and things like that available to you for learning out what your rights are, because with all the chicanery that's been going on with, in Congress for a number of years and the bankers, um, there's actually th- they're doing so many things that are illegal that if you know what the rules and how the game plays, you can you can find out a lot. What you want to do is you want to write Tad Patterson at note at mailhouse.com. That's note, N-O-T-E, at mailhouse.com. And Make sure you let him know that you heard about it on Waking Up in America and say, you know, I'm interested in signing up for your monthly program. He'll keep you updated and he educates you. And good old Protandin, oh gosh. <laughs> I've been taking Protandin for almost two years now and I don't even think I would be here without it. If you wonder what I'm talking about with all these things, hop over to our website at wakingupinamerica.com. ProTandin's on the right-hand side of the page. So is the uh, the piece... Peace um, Foundation. There's a number of good things there. You'll see Tad Patterson there. Um, you can click on them. You can call Star Doves if you want mailing. They're there. Mailing, very reasonable mailings um, through through Raw at Star Doves. His telephone number is 828 Once again, uh, pick up some of that good stuff. And our own Randy Shannon has 42action.org. Why don't you just give us a little short on 142action.org is, and then I'll let them know what CW is up to.
2: Well, knowledge is your primary defense, and that is in regards to the law or your rights, and so we're about educating people on their rights. And um, it's interesting, I had somebody come to me last night and say, hey, you know my friend who uh, got into trouble? It it was just a, a, a quick, interesting story. It was a group of teenagers sitting in a circle around a campfire, and DNR comes up and says, we know what you were doing, just admit it now. And so, of course, they're scared teenagers because they don't know who they are. They don't know who what their rights are, and so they admit, admit that they have alcohol and everybody gets written up. Well, the thing is, is-, is the cops had no, no evidence of anything. They weren't even drinking. The kids weren't even drinking. They just had it stored in a tent. So here they just said, here you go, DNR, and they all got tickets. What is the and one was on probation. Uh, Department of Natural Resources.
0: Oh, okay, very good. So,
2: yeah, huh. it's um, kind of like, you know, they're they're the ones who oversee, like, hunters and fishing and that kind of thing. Um, and so here they just gave a complete confession, and everybody got tickets, and the one who happened to be on probation for something else got in severe trouble. And um, so they said, well, could, could they file a Title 42 action? I said, well, actually, yeah, they could because uh... they weren't doing anything and they were accused of it and it's really about a million and a half dollar lawsuit because they were compelled to be a witness against themselves uh... they weren't safe in their person their papers their places and effects. and it doesn't matter where you are you you have those federal constitutional rights um, and it just went on and on and uh... all those tickets that they got they can actually you know they can't necessarily reverse it but they can get uh... compensation it's about a million and a half dollar Title Forty Two lawsuit. Hmm. So that's just the fun thing about it. Um, we're teaching people how to go get that remedy and don't let these guys come up on you and, and be unlawful and even get you to walk into a confession that of something you weren't even doing at the time. You so know, it's about uh, knowledge. About uh, knowing knowledge you're right. Thinking about
0: when I was in bankruptcy court. Uh, Mm-hmm. I went into bankruptcy court actually to protect my home because you can. I w- I've been in foreclosure since November of 2007, and I went into bankruptcy court to protect my home because I could get a three month stay on that. But I was doing some heavy studying with John Gorla and a number of my friends and things of that nature. And something mm-hmm. very interesting had happened, which you may or may not know. Two different banks were claiming ownership to my home. One of them was Bank One of the West, okay? And the other one was IndyMac Bank. And I, oh, there was actually three of them. And then there was Deutsche Bank had sent me this um, thing called Motion to Prevent an Automatic Stay, meaning that you can't get the home written off. And I said, Your Honor, one of the good things you you say to um, judges is, Your Honor, I don't understand um, how on earth I can deal with this because three different banks are are claiming ownership to my home. So what are we doing here? Deutsche Bank says this, and I showed her the paperwork from IndyMac, and then I showed her a letter from One West Bank. Well, that threw the whole thing out. Which she she realized that if she ruled against me, that she was actually leaving herself open. Now, mind you, no lawyer told me this. It was like I couldn't understand it. And it turns out that one of the phrases that really works with the judges. Is I don't understand how this could be when this could be that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. here it is. It's now, um, gosh, what is it? It's January the nineteenth of two thousand and thirteen, and I'm sitting in my lovely home, and um, <laughs> I will never pay another house payment on it again because these guys can't even figure out who owns the house. <laughs>
2: well, so, what happened? What happened? Probably in your scenario is when the when you get a loan from a bank they're supposed to keep the the loan in house they can store it but the point is is it, it needs to stay with the bank but they immediately these banks sell the loans that off and they make extra money and then what they did is they took all the original copies which i imagine is probably what's going on in your instance those original copies they sent to uh, a group called mers which is an electronic registry system and when well, they, they can't did that clothes. yeah cuz what they did is they destroyed the original And if the original can't be produced, when you go to court, you can, you know, that's like, Val, if I give you a $2,500 loan and I have you sign off on it, but yet I take you to court because you didn't pay me, and I, the judge says, well, do you have, do you have the proof of the loan that you gave her? And if I produce a copy, you can say, judge, I don't even know her. I don't even know what that paper is. And it's the same thing in a mortgage. So it doesn't matter if it's a million dollars or twenty five hundred dollars. If you can't if the person who gave the note can't provide the original and it's called with a blue ink original promissory wedding, wedding wedding signature, that's right. If they can't produce it, you're gonna get that place uh, no, completely not free California, Randy. <laughs> not
0: In California, Randy. Not in California. Because uh, I went through, that was part of the process that I went through. The beauty of this thing is even when you find out in your state you may or you may not be able to do it, it takes time. So in our
2: well, state, I, what they I'm can sell it is, 40 times. Someone was telling me the other day that you can move your case to the state of New York where they're just, the gavel comes down, they can't produce it, case closed.
0: Really? Say, How do you move
2: it? I don't have the answer for that. So there's a out? guy I, I can, yeah, I can put people in. Okay, that's your job. <laughs> I know. <that> <laughs> hey, seriously this is what we do
0: on waking up in america look i did not save my house all by myself okay mm-hmm. i probably had 50 different people that contributed to this process tad patterson being one of them randy mm-hmm. shannon if she'd been around would have been another one john gorla kelby smith cw wright the list is endless and uh, the work goes on because they're not, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the credit cards, for instance, I, when when I missed a payment, all of a sudden my credit card that was costing me 0% went up to 7 okay? Or in mm-hmm. some cases it went up to 14%. Mm-hmm. In one case I missed two payments and I was then paying 28% interest on that credit card. and I yeah, went that's down, about the norm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because what they had, the banks had done, is they had reduced my credit limits. I only borrowed thirty percent on the cards because that was what I was told was good, and I was using them to buy real estate and stuff. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. really fun for a while. But what happened is that um, American Express reduced my credit line from ten thousand to five thousand when they were being paid, by the way. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. instead of going thirty percent of that card, I now owned. I, I now owed 3000 uh, That would be 60% of that card, okay? Then the other banks saw that I had borrowed up to 60%, and they started lowering my credit lines. So without spending a cent more, I had now turned into a terrible credit risk. Mm-hmm. And that was how they set us up. Okay. Yeah. So we were yeah. we were set up by a variety of very creative ways, and that's what's actually saving us at the, at this particular time. So, you want to be paying attention; otherwise, you're just sitting there screaming and pulling your hair out. And some people actually committed suicide. I mean, the stories are horrendous.
1: It is They actually sad.
0: had um, bankers signing loans that weren't even bankers, and things like that. They were. The signatures were made up. The horror stories from Florida to Washington, you know, and mm-hmm. Oregon. There, every state has its own set of horror stories. I believe Idaho is the one that has um, no limit on the credit cards. So the credit cards, I believe, if they're issued from Iowa, but check me out. Maybe, maybe Idaho. I'm not sure which one, but they actually have no limit. And they, up, uh, well, let me say no limit. They can actually charge you. Some of the states can actually charge you forty percent interest, and that's why Whoa. the companies not move. Iowa for sure. Oh well, that's why the Cal- credit no. California. It's the home base. It's the home base of the credit card company. It's not okay. the state. It's I don't know what Iowa does. One of the states has an upper limit of forty percent. So you'll find that a lot of the companies actually move to Iowa, so they could charge you forty percent. And Sherry, hmm. I I don't know if you remember or not, but when you were younger. <laughs> When I was younger, 10% was considered usury.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So just measure that little statement. Yes. Yes. It is total fraud. I read an article last night, and I don't know if you read it or not, but it's called When Does the Fraud End? And it's by um, uh, David M. Adams, Jr., And what he is stating is very, very interesting about the mortgage fraud is that when we go in to get a mortgage on this great new home that we've just found and we're all excited, we have a stack of papers that were put before us that we don't understand anything about. We're supposed to receive those papers seven days prior to our signing so that we can go over those papers if we so choose and understand those papers and what we're signing, but we're not given that opportunity. Mm. And also, also that when we sign that promissory note, that promissory note with our signature on it becomes a check. And the bank takes that promissory note to the United States Treasury, and they get immediate payment, full payment on that loan out of a personal uh, U.S. Treasury account. Now that US Treasury account is my personal account. And so they turn that check in and they tell you nothing about that 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 loan has been fully paid, paid for in full. Yes. And then they are expecting you to pay them back which you owe them nothing because they've already been paid. So can you tell them more about how
0: the Treasury account got formed? Because you're really on a very interesting topic here. I don't talk about this as often. Um, I actually became a secure party creditor so I could access this, and I still can't access it. We've been blocked and we've been threatened with prison if we try to.
1: Okay, well, each, so, citizen, each citizen has a United States Treasury account. And there is a, I don't know how much money is in that account, But it is set up when that person gets a social security number. So there is money in that account. And that money is to pay for any debt that we have secured. We are never told about these accounts. These are used by the banks to get full payment on any debt that we sign our name to, whether it's a credit card or it's a mortgage loan. So this is part of the fraud that's going on in this country. Oh, totally. Now, the fraud what
0: what Sherry's talking about and I believe I'm fairly accurate on this dates back to, you know, every 70 years the United States goes bankrupt, okay? If you and they sell yeah. off private lands which actually belong to the to the people of the republic, okay? And those private lands are what fund these accounts. They're actually, your share of the Americas has been sold off. There's a very powerful Chinese woman named Madame Wu who owns a lot of America. There's a number of foreigners that own a lot of American property. And when this property, whether it be farmlands or parklands or whatever, is sold, then that money is put into the accounts and it's distributed. And also, as far as I know, Sherry, I think that money's been on account... What? Randy, do you remember when they took us off the, when they picked up the gold in America? Was that 28 or
1: 1933? Uh, I
0: want to say 33. I'm I'm thinking, I I, I get somewhere, I think it's 33. In 1933, I think gold was selling at something like 20 bucks an ounce, and the government decided to confiscate American gold, I was told. There's been some people that say that's not true. Um, I believe it to be true, however, and... um, they confiscated the gold, or they got people to turn in the gold. My grandfather was one of them. And at that time, gold was $20 an ounce. And then what they did was they raised the price of gold to $30 an ounce just immediately. And so they had a 30% increase in in the value. And this this whole thing, whether it was done totally politically or partially, it allowed them to start printing currency that wasn't backed with gold and silver, Part of this whole transition that's going on in America at this time is has to do with something called the United States Treasury Note. You might have actually seen something about it. If anybody here watches NCIS... Uh, I they do actually, not. Pardon?
2: I said I do not.
0: <laughs> okay, well, NCIS actually had uh, an episode on the United States Treasury Notes, which were originally supposed to come out in 2011. According to the NCIS episode the reason that they didn't come out was that it was they were um they were designed not to be able to be counterfeited and the process was so intense that it ended up destroying like 30% of the notes so they just felt like it wasn't a good deal but the us we will be changing to something called the united states treasury note and that note will actually be will actually be backed with gold and silver now i went to the store you guys yesterday to buy pedigree dog food for my for my dogs which i used to by the way buy for 79 cents a can then it went up to 99 mm. cents a can pedigree dog food at bonds on pacific coast highway in santa monica is now one dollar and 79 cents a can wow now did all of a sudden did um pedigree get more expensive no the currency got worth less because they've printed trillions of dollars of unbacked currency that's about to change so when we talk about change on the horizon that's part of the change. It was supposed to be out a couple of... We've been expecting this currency to show up for a couple of years. This is part of that, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark clock that's turning into place. We will have gold back currency and um, metal back currency again, and we are, even though if we have to turn in our, our paper toilet paper, our green toilet paper, we may only get... We may have to turn in two or three of them to get one. But what will happen is the one that we get will actually be of, of value. There's actually will be something behind it. So that's what we're looking forward to. Don't get too worried here because there's all supposed to be a Jubilee. Do either of you want to talk to what a Jubilee is? Quiet. I'm not later, real honey. sure what I'm not real sure what that yeah, is. You're
1: gonna have to- Help there's us a, out. There's
0: going to be forgiveness of taxes and bills and things of that nature. Oh
1: yes, yes, I'm aware of okay,
0: that. Okay, that's a jubilee in the Bible. It was supposed to happen like every 50 years or something. Yes.
1: Yeah, which,
0: mm-hmm. which by the way is one of the reasons why we've been uh we've been, they fought so hard to get us separated from what they fought hard to get us separated from the bill of rights. They also fought to get us separated from the 10 commandments. And a country that was formed by Masons who believed in God and We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about a God, a higher power, a a better world. If you read any of the Masonic documents, you will be inspired. And these guys that uh, created the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, they're actually kind of being poo-pooed. And God is being taken out of the picture. And even, I don't even know, I don't even think in God we trust is on some of the coins anymore. This nation was formed under the vision of trusting a higher power. Okay, so your higher power is being removed. For people that have ever been firewalking, and Randy and I are two of them that have been firewalking, one of the things that they do so you can walk on coals is they teach you to look into vision or higher power. And when you do that, you can actually walk on hot coals. If you take away a person's vision or concept of higher power, they burn. And if you notice, a lot of people in America are burning right now. That
2: was by design. Yes. you want to comment, Randy? No, you are know, you're, you're hitting it on the head and you know I've said it before that was you know right up there was one of the greatest experiences I've had it, it was a learning experience and, and that fire walk was the same I had my teenage sons do the same thing and when we were done with that week they said mom this was to date the greatest experience we've ever had in our life so it tells you that we we are almost like called into that it's you know, it's it's just so amazing.
0: Ooh, there's the music. She's been called we're called to firewalking. Vision. We all need to have our vision. Uh, Sherry, anything you'd like to say before we sign off here? One sentence
1: uh, No, I don't have anything else to say right now.
0: <laughs> Tune in. She'll have more you can trust her for that. Let me tell you <laughs> By the way. Sherry does, uh, she she rearranges your life um, artistically, and and things work better for you. We want to thank um, Emergency Management Solutions. We want to say this program has been brought to you by Kirkgaard Media, our radio partners, PodingCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy, Dennis Weaver, and Larry Hagman in memoriam, Valerie.com, and Dr. is all spelled out. MCW, right, we love you, and we want you to get better fast. Sir Jason Winter t Protandon, Stardoves, El Pinto Salsa, Tad Patterson, New Rock. A big thanks to our team at Voice America, Jeff Spenard, Nathan Jet Brad Comer, DeMont, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitale, Ron Simon, and Stacey Anderson, and Ron Hayes. Thank you. I started going through your stuff last night. I really appreciate it. Um, so many good things you send me. Merci beaucoup to Bet Migen for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People, which is available to you as a free gift ask by email at val at wakingupinamerica.com next week invite a friend to listen city as south as 40 a swifter higher stronger Do a mitzvah today that means give someone a boost thanks for listening and remember to sing and dance until we join
2: you again next week
0: and you're not crazy anymore You've thank you for joining us today anymore. for waking up in america with valerie kirkgaard Waking up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all in you pouring through now your heart is over.